Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. It's the first Sunday of December, so that means a new book that we're opening up to study. And the book of the month is The Seven Whispers, A Spiritual Practice for Times Like These by Christina Baldwin. And I'd like to read to you her promise that she gives to us in this book. We know there is a power in spirit that can answer our prayer and change our lives, but we may not be sure what to pray for or how ready we are to have our lives changed. We know there is a power in spirit that can decode the mystery of life, but we have long lists of things to do. We put off our willingness to entertain spiritual transformation day by day. Yet, no matter how ambivalent we are, our longing for active relationship with something greater than ourselves cannot be forever denied. This longing is not a movement toward a specific religion or away from religion. It is a movement to reclaim a personal relationship with the divine. And she goes on to share that if every day the divine is attempting to communicate to us its larger wisdom, then one of the most important things we can do is find a way to listen to spirit. So that's our topic today. We're going to be looking at three things. The first whisper that she outlines as a part of her seven whisper spiritual practice is maintain peace of mind. We'll look at the second whisper, which is move at the pace of guidance. And then we'll move into a real world situation. What does this look like in spiritual practice? Maintaining peace and moving at the pace of guidance. But first, I have a joke for you. (laughs) Have to follow Reverend Larry's example. It's a must. There was a minister that was at the door one Sunday greeting all of the individuals as they were leaving a Sunday service. It was mid-December, and so there were lots of people. As one person walked through the line, he gently grabbed this person and sort of pulled him aside and say, you know, in times like these, it's really important that you join the Navy of the Lord. The person sort of looked at him and said, Reverend, I'm already in the Navy of the Lord. The person or the Reverend looked at him very befuddled and said, well, why do I only see you then at Christmas and at Easter? The person smiled, leaned in, and whispered, I'm in the secret service. (laughs) So that is what we're here to do, is to look at our spiritual practice of accessing that secret place of the Most High. And in Seven Whispers, 
Christina Baldwin defines that place of peace of mind as a calm mind and an open heart. Calm mind, open heart. She refers to it as the cornerstone of spiritual practice. For she said that with a calm mind and an open heart, that is when we have created a blank slate for spiritual guidance to be written. So if we look at it and we say that if we're moving in the world and we are filled with the turmoil of anger and upset and resentment and hatred, there is not a clean slate for us to experience that wisdom and that guidance. So she starts with maintain peace of mind as her first um, prayer. Now, I'd like to remind us that peace is not outside of ourselves. It isn't something that we're going to go to the local Fred Meyer store and go into their seasonal department and find a little plaque that says peace on it and hang it on our Christmas tree. That is not how we get peace. Ernest Holmes is very emphatic when he says in words that heal today, God is peace. We enter this peace in such degree as we withdraw from confusion. So the message is peace is something that we already have. Our job is to get quiet enough to calm the heavy waves of turmoil and chaos and to allow ourselves to let it reveal itself in our life. So how do we do that? Our author, Christina Baldwin, shares this message, breathe and bring in the oxygen. Breathe and bring in the oxygen. Now, I'm a trained certified laughter leader, and so in therapeutic laughter, it's real, real certification. In therapeutic laughter, we learn the importance of oxygen. Oxygen is our brain's favorite food. And that when we're breathing in, taking in those deep, deep breaths, the blood that is going to our brain carries more oxygen, which means we can think with greater clarity and that we have a more open ability to assess situations and come up with higher order solutions. So therefore, oxygen is imperative. How many of us have heard the term hothead? Okay, I see many, many hands. Yes, well, physiologically, researchers have identified that when we are angry, filled with rage and anger, the blood that is flowing to our brain has less oxygen because it's warm. So there's a reason why when we see someone who's angry, the term hothead is applied because literally it is a hotter head. The blood that's in the brain is warmer than, we are, than when we are at peace. So we want to be at peace in order to have peace of mind. So breathe and making sure that we're bringing all that oxygen, that nourishment to our brain. So there's a specific technique that is given in the book. It's three breathe, breathing in and breathing out. She says the first breath is to let go. So as we breathe in and we breathe out, we let go of fear, doubt, uncertainty, 
anything that is unlike the truth of spirit. So all that busyness, all that anxiousness, we breathe in, we let that oxygen flow to our brain, and we let go of the fear. Now, not long ago, it was just probably, it was, I think it was last week, I had an opportunity to do a breathe in and let go at Fred Meyer. This, <laughs> I was standing talking with a group of, of customers, frequent customers that come in and they're in the coffee shop there. And so I just went over and acknowledged and talked with them a little bit. And as I turned around, right behind me was a man with a boa constrictor wrapped around him. Now, it's said that the mind can only conceive of that which it can envision. And literally, I looked and I thought, that's an impressive 3D tattoo. <laughs> and then the boa constrictor moved, and I had this, I, there was fear, but I breathed in. I was able to maintain composure. We're required to acknowledge and smile every single customer. I smiled at this customer, simply acknowledged, and I created some space between me and that boa constrictor. So the first breath is to breathe and let go. The next breath that we breathe in and we breathe out is to be here. It's important because in science of mind, we're taught that the creative principle works in the now. And so we're, it's important that we focus our attention on the here and the now. What is happening? What am I feeling? What am I experiencing right here, right now? We are also taught that we don't stuff our emotions. If there's something going on, we acknowledge it and we embrace the truth that peace is the truth of my being right here, right now, even in the midst of this chaos. And so the next breath, so first breath is to let go. The next breath is to be here. The third breath is to ask, now what? Ask, now what? What's important about this is this is the call that goes out. And what do we know about the law? It is the eternal servant of spirit and it always responds with a yes. May not be what we think it's going to respond with, but it always responds. Now this does require when we send out a call, if we're really willing and if we're really open to hearing that guidance from spirit, it does require that we go into the silence. So when we say go into the silence, what does that mean? Well, again, Ernest Holmes, our founder of religious science, states in living the science of mind, Jesus gave a very good example of going into the silence when he told us that in prayer, we should enter the closet and close the door. His language was symbolic. Entering the closet means withdrawing into one's own mind, for it is from one's own mind that the creativeness which each one of us possesses emanates. So again, we go within 
to that place where all wisdom resides. Ernest Holmes shares that it's been called many things, secret place of the most high, holy of holies, tabernacle of the almighty, but here's the key. It is in that place, the inner chamber of our own soul, where the sacred words are written, I am. And it is from this I am consciousness conceived in that silent recognition that power flows. Our power to create our dreams, our power to create a world that works for everyone flows from this very center, this I am consciousness. So staying calm, maintaining peace of mind is our most important responsibility. And as we do that, as we're willing to breathe in and let go, as we're willing to breathe and be here now, as we're willing to ask what next, then our responsibility comes to moving at the pace of guidance. So what does the pace of guidance look like? Well, again, Fred Meyer, my eternal teacher, dished up a perfect definition of what pace of the pace of spirit looks like. One Sunday afternoon, I was covering for a coworker who was on lunch and I was in the shoe department. The shoe department in apparel is my least favorite department. All those boxes with all those numbers and all, I mean zillions of options for me, my, my mind kind of goes numb. We're required again to approach every single customer. So I saw a woman that was standing by some like the Nike display. So I went over and I asked her, I said, are you finding everything okay? Is there anything I can help you find? As if I could help her find anything. I never work in the department. Was, she was very emphatic, no, although she looked like she really needed some help. I just said, fine, I'm going to be over here. If you need any assistance, let me know. As I turned to walk away, I heard this little tiny voice, itty bitty little voice, yet very strong. I want some help. Well, I turned around, I didn't see anyone. So I went around one of the display cases and here's a little tiny girl maybe four, certainly not any more than five. And she's standing there in her little tutu with her tights, just absolutely adorable. And she repeated it, I want some help. So I leaned down and I looked at her in the eyes and I said, okay, sweetie, what is it that I can help you with? Do you have those shoes where the toes light up point to point to point? Very specific. Now, I rarely work in the, in the shoe department. I mean, shoes where the toes light up point to point to point. I'm like, well, I don't know. I said, well, I'm not sure, but how about if we go over to where the shoes are in your size and we look? Well, she grabbed my hand and she took me right to this place. She knew we had them and she showed me exactly where they were. There is a brand of shoes for children that when they walk, the toe lights up point to point to point. It's a pretty fast series. It goes like that. But it does light up point to point to point. For me, this is exactly the pace of guidance. 
Spirit always reveals guidance one step at a time. So when we're asking what next, we're going to get guidance in the form of one step. I'll give you an example. When I was living in North Carolina and knew that my 21-year marriage was in collapse and that I was leaving, didn't know where I was going, how I was going to get out of this situation, but all I knew was that I needed to ask for guidance. One morning, I'm sitting at my computer and the words came out really strongly in my mind, Colorado Springs. It made no logical sense. I knew no one there, had never been there, didn't know how I would get a job there, didn't know where I would live. But when I Googled Colorado Springs and on my computer screen, this image of this city nestled up against the vast Rocky Mountains, the experience I had was one of ah, I knew it was a yes. So logically, I couldn't say why, but I knew it was a yes. That night I was with some of my girlfriends and I said, I've made a decision, I'm going to Colorado Springs. And they just kind of looked at me and I said, I'm asking for help. I'm looking for someone that can help me find a place to live and I'm looking for someone that can help me find a job. Well, we you know, had several glasses of wine and we were looking at um, hierarchies because one of the persons was an expert on teaching that. And at the very end, one of the gals said, by the way, I just remembered one of my husband's colleagues lives in Colorado Springs. I'll ask him to contact her. Long story short, that was the link to the step of getting to Colorado Springs. So when we talk about guidance, inner guidance, it's one step at a time. The next thing is that we recognize it's one step at a time and that we learn the language of our inner guidance. It's always communicating with us, but it's personal. I've learned that it does not speak in a generic language. It's very personal. For example, when I did leave North Carolina and I'm driving on my way to Colorado Springs, I had been to, to Colorado, but there was one specific point that I'd not been on the road in order to turn to go to Colorado Springs. I was approaching that area and I was becoming a little anxious. Did I miss my turn? Where do I turn off? I don't, wasn't quite sure. So I simply asked for help. I said, I need some help here. I need some navigation help. Within minutes, there was a road sign, big as life, that said the turnoff, 21 miles. That's specific to me. 21 is a very important number to me. In an instant, I knew that was God saying, all is well, 21 miles is your turnoff. So the language is specific and we need to learn how is spirit speaking to us? I've also learned that the language has a specific feeling. And it's important that we recognize and understand that feeling. For me, a yes feels very expansive. My heart opens up. My, I feel a sense of well-being. There's a lightness, and I feel enthusiastic and excited. It's like if I'm driving my car, I have a green light. 
that's what a yes feels like for me. It may be different for you. It's important to know what is a yes. A no, for me, my stomach clenches. It's like a vice, just grips. My heart constricts. It's hard for me to breathe. I feel heavy. I feel down. I know it's a no. And there's one other thing, that when we're not receiving a definitive yes or a definitive no, that's a sign of do nothing yet. It means wait. It doesn't feel like we've been abandoned. For me, it just feels like there's a void of infinite possibility that's emerging. And it just means stay calm, wait. So in this moving at the pace of guidance, be willing to, first of all, ask for that guidance. Be willing to acknowledge that that guidance is one step at a time. And as we receive the guidance, be willing to take inspired action. Take that first step. Because when we do take that first step, we are moving into a new field of infinite possibility. So resources are available to us that weren't available when we're standing here. So we take one step. We feel safe. We feel secure. We're okay. Then we get the next guidance and we take the next step. And another world of infinite possibility awaits us. So know that that guidance is always available. It comes one step at a time. And it speaks to us in a very personal way. It's going to be something that's meaningful to you. So now let's take a look at what do these two prayers look like in real-world situation. One of the things that I found is that many spiritual authors do not address a topic called chemicalization. And what chemicalization means is that as we begin to affirm truth, anything that is unlike that truth needs to surface in order to be healed. My very first spiritual teacher said, Marilyn, always remember in spiritual work, anything that is unlike the truth must be revealed in order to be healed. So what does that look like in real world? Well, the Prosper Now class that we did for the Connection Circles, there were 16 of us, and we did a 40-day directed faith plan. Each of us selected an intention, and for 40 days, we did a very specific affirmation and denial process around that intention. Well, I'm going to share with you what that process, it's four 10-day periods, looked like in terms of chemicalization and why it's important to breathe and maintain peace of mind and to move at the pace of guidance. So the first 10 days, my, my intention was that all finances for ministerial school for the first year would reveal itself with ease. I felt I'd done a really good job covering first term, moving into second and third term. I'm like, yeah, I want it to be that easy. I want it to be that smooth, covering all expenses, all the trips to San Diego, my dog's care, everything would be covered. Within the first 10 days, 
the bottom fell out of my finances. Literally one third of my financial income was wiped out. Instead of going into fear, I remembered Emma Curtis Hopkins, that favorite, favorite mystic of mine that said, there is nothing to fear. It is a sign that spirit is at work quickly in this situation. Oh yeah, it was quick within the first 10 days. Okay, so then moving into the next 10 days, remember what I said, anything that's unlike the truth, I'm claiming the truth of abundance. Anything that's unlike that is going to reveal itself. Intense, intense emotions of not good enough, why am I doing this? The doubt surfaced. It happened to be at a time when I was making my second trip down to San Diego, and I can share with you that that was an extremely intense two-day period because the doubt was so strong. The feelings of unworthiness, the feelings of not good enough, they all surfaced. I will share that sitting in the San Francisco airport on a three-hour layover with another classmate, a couple of glasses of wine, sort of handled that. (laughs) But there was also positive things that were coming on day 21. Now we're moving into the third cycle. On day 21, the message in Science of Mind was stick with it. Do you think that was a sign? All right, so there was also abundance. I got home on the 21st day from San Diego. The next day, Sunday afternoon, I came home from church, big sign on the door of the apartment, free, dresser, chair. Now, I put all my furniture on auction when I left North Carolina, and I really wanted a dresser. I went down to that apartment. I not only got a dresser, I got a fabulous desk. I got a George Foreman kitchen grill, matching pots and pans, a light. There was so much stuff. Abundance. So it's a form that abundance flows infinitely. I also got the message from Science of Mind, surrender to our oneness with God. And what that means is instead of thinking that surrender is giving up, think of it as giving over, giving over to more abundance, to more loving, to more exciting and creative ways. So those were the... the, shall I say, support messages coming in. Now on day 30, Science of Mind magazine, the message was the crock pot method. And it said, uncomfortable and seemingly intractable situations are like crock pots that cook us long and slow for personal transformation if we are willing to undergo the process. All right, so that's day 30. So now we're entering the final four, 10-day period. Let's just say that there was lots of affirmation and support. The grace note, day 40. I've just finished my morning spiritual practice. There's a knock on my apartment door. And here's a guy that lives two doors down from me. He said, Marilyn, do you want a crock pot? And I'm just kind of, and I went, no, I have a crock pot. My sister sent me one last year for Christmas, and I've only used it once. He goes, well, you know, once you get used to it, it serves up some savory dishes. So 
Kathy, my Kathy Batten, my prayer partner, came and I said, do you want a crock pot? By that time, it's sitting in the front entrance with a free sign. She goes, no, I don't need a crock pot. I didn't put the connection together from day 30 to day 40 till I was journaling on day 41. And that's when I got that when we put the call out, anything can be that message of support that says, stick with it, surrender, allow yourself to go through the process. So what about that boa constrictor? I didn't even put that in my journal. And last night as I was finalizing my notes, I went, I should check out Animal Speaks. It's about symbolism of all the animals. Well, here's another grace note. A snake is a symbol of change in conditions and a movement to new life. So when we are allowing ourselves to maintain peace of mind, to stay calm, no matter what's going on out there, as the book says, in times like these, no matter what's going on out there, when we maintain peace of mind, when we move at the pace of guidance, we are totally aware that all things and all people are messengers of God and that in it, there is support, there is encouragement. It's saying, all is well, stick with it. Let us pray. Right here, right now, one power and one presence. I choose to call it God, yet it goes by many names. What I know to be the truth of God is that it is infinite intelligence, infinite love, the eternal givingness of itself to itself, knowing that this one is the total, infinite creator, the all that is. There is nothing outside of the one. It includes my life, and it includes the life of each person here. So I claim and affirm, and I speak my word for and about each person here today, that God is a silent partner, and that the willingness to ask, what next? is that call that goes out and an infinite supply of resources are available and come rushing in to guide, direct, to animate, to uplift, to spark our heart's desires. And so in this place of oneness, the willingness to reach towards the one, the willingness to ask, and the willingness to be silent and embrace that all-knowing guidance that comes from within. I am knowing this to be the truth of each person here today, that God is all there is. Each person here today is of that power, of that presence, and that God is the support for each life. And so I release this word into the activity and action of the law, knowing the law always says yes, for it is that eternal servant of spirit 
that absolutely responds to the call. So with complete conviction, together we say, and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.